0: From the MGMA in-home studios, welcome to the Insights Podcast. I'm Daniel Williams.
1: It's funny, one of the things I've always done is I, I like to mind map, right? Okay. You know, I, I will put a topic on a whiteboard and then I will just draw a lot of things that are associated with it. And that's kind of, it helps me connect things that you normally wouldn't be able to do unless you saw it visible. And and I think mind mapping is is something that a lot of people can do to solve problems or come up with topics, or in this case, in writing standpoint or comics script standpoint, ideas for something to discuss in a meaningful way.
0: That's Peter Valenzuela talking about finding solutions to problems and the creative process that works best for him. We'll hear more from Peter in just a moment, but first, a word from our sponsors. Is your accounts payable process causing headaches? Mineral Tree provides HIPAA compliant, easy to use, end to end accounts payable and payment automation solutions that reduce cost by more than 75%, increase visibility and control, and mitigate fraud and risk while improving cash flow. MineralTree is a leading AP and payment automation provider in healthcare, and they'd love to show you why. To learn more, visit mineraltree.com/mgma. It's time to take a closer look at how you run your business. Metavolve can help you find solutions to the following questions: Are you overstaffed in your medical billing department? Do you know where your physician practice is losing money? Can you easily benchmark your data against similar practices? If you don't know the outcomes your staff are producing every day, you aren't operating successfully. Go to Medevolve.com to learn more. Our guest today is Peter Valenzuela. Peter is Chief Medical Officer of Mercy Medical Group an affiliate of Dignity Health. Peter's also an author and a cartoonist who created the popular doc-related comic strip. Peter, thanks so much for joining us today.
1: Hey, thanks so much for having me. It's great speaking with you again, Daniel.
0: Yeah, it really is the great uh, great to have you back on the show again. And I just want to recap some things here with you. So you are currently the chief medical officer at Mercy Medical Group in Sacramento. If I'm remembering correctly, that's a change since the last time we talked. So how long have you been at Mercy? And just give our listeners an idea of the size and scope of that practice.
1: Yeah, sure. No, I think the last time we spoke, I was the a- Chief Medical Officer for Sutter Medical Group in the Redwoods in Sonoma County. And, and unfortunately, some of those conversations that we had revolved around the fires and, and how we we're dealing with it locally. Right. And, and I, I still love uh, being out there. Uh, but my wife and I transitioned to Sacramento in January of this year. Although my wife, I, I I don't know if we talked about this, my wife's a winemaker and she's still making her wine out in Sonoma County. So it's not too far of a commute for her. Um, our group here in Sacramento is almost 500 physicians and clinicians, a multi-specialty group uh, that practice throughout the greater Sacramento area. Uh, the group's been around for over 50, 70 years here in, in Sacramento, so it's well-established and they kind of brought me in to, to help move things forward in, in the direction healthcare is going.
0: Well, that's awesome. So thanks for sharing that side of it. And um, one of the reasons, really the reason we have you on here today is something you're doing... <laughs> it's related to healthcare, but it's outside of maybe what you do on the day-to-day side. And you have a really exciting new uh, venture to talk about, and that's a recently published book. Uh, The title of that book is Doc Related, A Physician's Guide to Fixing Our Ailing Healthcare System. First of all, congratulations. And
1: Thanks so much, Daniel. It's definitely been a passion project for me.
0: That is so cool. So Tell us how that came about. Is this something you've been working on for years? Is it something that you decided to do during the pandemic? Uh, what What's the origin story of the book here? Sure.
1: Well, you know, as as you know, I, I've been making online comics that offer a satirical look at the challenges of practicing clinical medicine as seen through the eyes of healthcare professionals uh, for about five years now. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm flattered that they've been referred to as Dilbert for healthcare. And, and it's really been kind of what's fed me on the side when I'm not, you know, being a physician executive or leader. It's it's something that I love to do, and that's create comics. And about two years ago, I decided to put some of my comics together in a book to help others better understand how difficult it is to provide excellent care today while trying to balance the demands of the healthcare bureaucracy we all deal with. Um, it was kind of also my way of coping with the stress of the pandemic in a more productive way. So, so I've been doing this and working on it for two years now, and I actually just released the book on Monday. Uh, so we're hot off the press right now.
0: That is such a great story. And it's, it's so cool because we have talked to so many healthcare leaders over the last 20 or so months. And you use that term, this is one way that I coped with all the stress and everything going on with the pandemic. And that's just a great outlet. And again, congratulations. I know. Hey, thanks so a, much. <laughs> I've worked as a writer and paid my mortgages and stuff for the last 30 <laughs> years. And I know how hard that is. So that's so cool that you have that outlet and and you're darn good at it too. I'm kind of jealous. <laughs> congratulations. Well, thanks for that. You
1: know, like you said, it's a lot of writing. It's a lot of editing. It's a lot of rewriting. And for me, it was also the additional part was the cartooning piece of it because the book is a hybrid of both anecdotes and data and stories along with my comics included in there.
0: That's wonderful. So uh, I wanna talk a little bit about the book then. In the introduction, you quote the writer, Malcolm Gladwell. He's one of my favorites, obviously one of your favorites too. And this quote I just, I love here. He says, comedians have become the truth tellers. Satire allows you to say almost anything. That's where truth is spoken to power in our society. When you sugarcoat a bitter truth with humor, it makes the medicine go down. Um, tell us what that quote means to you and really in the context of healthcare.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I really like that quote, too. I first heard him say it in his podcast, The Revisionist History. Um, they were talking about Harry Enfield, who's one of England's best known comedians. Uh, back in the 80s, he created this character called Loads of Money. There was a, a construction worker that became an instant millionaire. It was really satirizing. Uh, the Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher's move towards American capitalism and so back then there was a lot of people in London that didn't favor it and there was a lot of new money out there and those people could be somewhat obnoxious and so this comedian found a way to relay what others were thinking through a character that could um, say things that nobody else could really say out loud without fear of some type of retribution.
0: That is wonderful. And, and
1: that's really, yeah, that's kind of how I felt about my comics, you know, being a physician and, and being a physician leader, really, um, you get to see both sides of the of the, uh, the table, right? You're on the front line taking care of patients, but you're also on the other side trying to think of how to keep the business open. And sometimes they're not in alignment. And, and I wanted to find a way to communicate that to the greater um, uh, good uh, to help them know how schizophrenic healthcare has become and, and that's what that's what I've been doing with my comics you know they're my voice for providing examples of our broken system without directly calling it out
0: yeah yeah, yeah. so in your hint talking about this but healthcare is it's stressful uh, at times it can be frustrating at times it can be very confusing both to the healthcare workers and particularly to the patient so you've been able uh, pardon the pun here, but find it's funny bone. So (laughs) (laughs) was there a moment in your career as you're going through all that pain and conflict and stress of healthcare, we went, wait a minute, that's, that's funny, or that's ripe for comedy. Or did you always even going back to medical school, see the humorous side of healthcare?
1: Yeah, no, thanks for saying that. I actually, you know, I've always had a sense of humor. In general when I was in medical school I was named class comedian <laughs> and I think it really class comedian might be sounded a little bit classier than class clown yeah but you know I, I enjoyed having fun and my roommates and I were pranksters back then and, and we you know we enjoyed every, from time to time you know giving our lectures a, a hard time or you know finding ways to make the group laugh and for me the idea for the comics actually started when I was at a conference about five years ago and we were discussing provider satisfaction, and the presenter was this executive of a medical group. He was he was uh, uh, talking about what they did in their in their medical group to increase their provider satisfaction survey response rates. And he gave different strategies, and and then at the end he boasted and said, "We had an eighty percent provider satisfaction survey response rate." And I remember I raised my hand during the conference and I asked, "So, so what did you do with the feedback?" That you received from the providers, and he looked at me and he said, "Well, our incentive dashboard is based on response rates, not on the actual satisfaction scores." And I kept thinking, "We're missing, we're missing, the, we're missing the boat here." Yeah, you know, I leaned over to another doctor and I said, "You really can't make this stuff up." <laughs> and and that was my very first idea for a comic because I wanted to be able to relay the information to characters in healthcare. And, and I do have different characters that I'm sure we can discuss later, um, to help people understand what are the things that we're dealing with. And I in my book, I dedicate a chapter to patient satisfaction and to, you know, talk about provider satisfaction as well and, you know, and the need to make sure that they're important on both sides, but to find ways to measure them in meaningful ways that improve patient outcomes.
0: Yeah. Well, thanks for that. Um... So talk about, you know, the administrative side of it. We know that there is just that administrative burden to physicians. We know how crushing that can be. We know the monotony of some of the administrative side of it. How do you shine a little bit of light of levity or just a sense of humor when you're at your day job, when you're not moonlighting here with the comic strips (laughs) and all the other stuff? Sure, no, great
1: question. You know, I really believe humor is one of the best ways to create a positive work environment, especially in healthcare. Because, you know, some of the things that we deal with when it comes to patients who are gravely ill or family situations, it can really be emotionally draining. And, and that's really can lead to moral injury and other things that hurt our clinicians and, and healthcare workers. And, and when I was at, at Sutter Medical Group of the Redwoods, one of the things that I put in place that we started was we would start every meeting with either a joke or a funny video. You know, some organizations do a patient reflection, which I think is great. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to to uh, make our meetings a little bit more relaxed. And so we would start every meeting with a joke or a funny video. Uh, the other things we started doing is we'd send out jib jab videos or Photoshop images that would poke fun of our physician leaders, you know, with their approval, of course. But it was just a way for us to put some levity into what we do and make the environment feel a lot more safe and fun. Mm-hmm. And it helped our group morale, you know, really improved, you know, in our, in our leadership scores, I mentioned provider satisfaction, but, you know, when I joined the group, our leadership scores on provider satisfaction were in the 13th percentile. And, and we actually got it up to as high as 90th percentile in the nation. So I think that says a lot about what a leader can do to help influence their their providers performance and satisfaction you know there's stats from tate shana where he talks about for every one percent improvement in leadership scores um there's a nine percent decrease in physician burnout in clinician wellness so i i think that they're all tied together and and as leaders of organizations we have to find ways to bring a little bit of fun or a little bit of humor into what we do on a daily basis
0: for sure so you talked about your comic strip doc related earlier. I've been a fan of it for years. I <laughs> follow you on Twitter and LinkedIn. And when I go out on social media, I click and like on those. And so talk about how you created that universe of these characters, what that process was like of bringing them to life to all the people who enjoy them.
1: Sure, well, first, thanks so much for being such a great follower and supporter, Daniel. And I, I have a, a, you know, very much approved your feedback and comments. I think for me, the characters are, they're amalgamations of people that I've worked with over my 20 year career. You know, right now we're working in an industry that's multi-generational and multicultural. And I wanted my characters to reflect that. You know, I think what makes those comics funny is that they're actually situations that are based on events occurring in care centers across America today. So, you know, every comic strip that I put in place, it's based on something that has happened or, or it is happening right now in our healthcare arena. And so, you know, I've got comics, my, my characters include a medical assistants, they include physicians, they include a manager, they include a, an executive person as well. And, and it's really the dynamics of how they all interact with each other that, that I think makes it humorous, but also makes it, you know, painfully accurate. And, mm-hmm. and again, having been a frontline physician and now a physician executive, I can understand and relate to both sides of that.
0: Yeah. So I, I make no bones about it. My favorite character is Dr. Harold <laughs> Katz. He's the clinic sure. physician. I, I mm-hmm. know people like Dr. Katz. Um, in the book, you describe him as a baby boomer at the end of his career. I think he's got a 30 plus year career. He was in private practice forever. They were acquired by a big group. Um, and I love this part that you talk about him. You say, He's nostalgic for the old ways of practicing medicine using pen and paper. And I just love (laughs) that. Um, Tell us about Dr. Katz. Anything else you want to share about that kind of, you know, because there is it's frustrating as heck to run across people who are maybe stuck in a a time when the, the world and the industry is moving past them. But there's something endearing about that, too, that you bring to life in Dr. Katz.
1: Yeah. No, thanks for that. I, you know, Dr. Katz is definitely a crowd favorite. You know, I get a lot of uh, emails that, that from, a, you know, when I have a Dr. Katz comic, someone will email me and say, that just happened in my office last week. You know, we have somebody like that. and And I think he symbolizes how our industry has changed over the years, right? You know, and what's going on right now is nearly 70% of physicians are employed by hospitals or corporate entities today. When i say corporate entities i mean health insurers, private equity firms and entities that own multiple physician practices and you know darks aren't necessarily becoming employed because they want to, but they have rising practice costs, they have stagnant reimbursements and and they see the writing on the wall on the emerging payment models and what it's going to take to be able to move in that direction. And so they have decided to join larger organizations. And that's not a bad thing necessarily, but it takes away some of that autonomy that they've had throughout their careers. And And Dr. Katz is one of these people that has had autonomy throughout his career. You know, he's got a few years left and now he's part of, you know, what he considers the Borg, you know, from a Star Trek standpoint. And it, it's not necessarily something he's passionate about. You know, one of, one of the comics that I include in the book is you know, Dr. Katz is complaining about the EMR, you know, and and in the first panel, he's talking to another character, Dr. Stevens, and he says, you know, I'm staying up charting really late all evening after work, you know, And, and the doctor tells him he sympathizes, like, you know, the EMR can be really difficult, and in the second panel, Dr. Katz says, you know, I used to think the EMR was a glorified cash register, he said, but now I know why they call it an EMR, and the other doctor asks him why. And in the third panel, you know, Dr. Katz says it's called an EMR because it leads to early mandatory retirement. And and I think that that speaks to what a lot of people feel when they're trying to provide good care, but also spending 50% of the time dealing with the patient, but the other 50% of the time charting or dealing with the electronic medical record.
0: Okay. That is just so spot on. It's not only reflective of the healthcare industry, but just the world at large, how the... with technology, with the evolution of different technologies and platforms, how some people, you know, if you don't hop on, you can get left behind a little bit, or you've got to navigate that in a way where you can interact with other people, Um, and it's just so cool that you do that. Do you ever have a moment, I mean, because these are so um, spot on, tell us a little bit about that process. Do you ever sit down and pen the paper yourself like Dr. Katz, and you just (laughs) go oh God, nothing's coming to me today. Oh crap, and you're just throwing stuff at the <laughs> yeah. wall or you go out and go for a run or what do you do when the muse isn't speaking to you there?
1: You know, it's funny. One of the things I've always done is I, I like to mind map, right? Okay. You know, I, I will put a topic on a whiteboard and then I will just draw a lot of things that are associated with it. And that's kind of, it helps me connect things that you normally wouldn't be able to do unless you saw it visibly. and And I think mind mapping is, it's something that a lot of people can do to solve problems, or come up with topics, or in this case, in writing standpoint or comic strip standpoint, ideas for something to discuss in a meaningful way. So mind mapping for me is a really big thing. Also, use Canva. I don't know if you use Canva much. It's an app on the computer, but it you can mind map on Canva, but you can also make like infographics and things mm-hmm. like that. It again, it helps my mind process it in a different light. But as far as finding scripts. Um, for comics, I'm never short on that. In fact, now I've got you know a group of followers that email me from time to time and say, "Hey, you should write about this. This just <laughs> happened. Write about this." And you know, the sad part is it's it's true, but it's funny. You know what they write about, and and it's one of those where unless you're in that arena, you're not going to know about it. And I think mm-hmm. Dilbert did a great job of that for right. for the office space. Right? He he really Real put good. a voice out there to a lot of the people that were working in that arena what I've been fortunate to do in healthcare is do the same thing with my comics for, for people in that industry.
0: Okay. Thank you. So let's jump to a little bit of a speed round here. Cause I want to sure. get as much information from you as long as I've got you on here. So <laughs> let's yeah. talk about your source material, the things that inspired you. So what are some favorite books or some favorite comic strips that kind of help shape your sense of humor and your storytelling style? Sure. So I'll start with the comics,
1: because it's easier for me. You know, I really enjoyed Dilbert, of course, um, but also like Archie and Beetle Bailey. And and Mm -hmm. the reason I like them is because I like the way that they were created, the characters were created in the drawing style that was used to make them. In fact, that's what inspired my characters. You can see when when you look at the technique of the characters I have, it's a little bit of Dilbert, but it's a little Archie and Beetle Bailey like. Mm -hmm. And so that is something that I'm I was pretty happy to see, and I've been reading comics since I was a kid. I think all of us grew up looking forward to those Sunday mornings to oh, be yeah. able to, to read the newspaper and see what, you know, Archie had done or see what Garfield had done or, you know, there's just so many of them. And and that's, for me, it was that nostalgia that made me go into the comic arena because it it, it made me happy every time I read one of them, you know, especially when they were accurate in some mm-hmm. way, you know. Um, as far as books, I, I really like to read books that push the envelope for how we see things. You know, and a few examples include Creativity Inc. by Ed Catmull, who was leader at Pixar, you know, and he talks about some of the things he did. Um, also Originals by Adam Grant when he describes some of those creative people who've been able to build large industries and what got them there. And, and finally, A Whole New Mind by Daniel Pink. Um and and Daniel Pink's book actually inspired an article for me to write an MGMa connection earlier this year that was called "Are You in the Right Mind to Lead," and in it he describes the different techniques that you can use to solve problems using um, the right side of your brain, which is your creative, intuitive, you know, adventurous side of the brain. You know, I think in healthcare most of us tend to be uh, more left sided, which is very logical and analytical and systems based. And, and I think the key to be successful is to be able to trigger both sides. We've got the synapse that's firing and you're able to solve problems in a different way.
0: Yeah. You've got a great sense of humor. It comes across on the page. It comes across just talking to you. So what makes you laugh?
1: <laughs> you know, uh, I actually am kind of a slapstick comedy kind of guy. You know, if you, if you put me in front of you know, the movie uh, Dumb and Dumber or yeah. Nacho Libre that that makes me laugh you know and you know my wife will attest to the second part which is I'm really big on dad jokes which is ironic yeah. because I don't have any kids my wife and I've been married 22 years but I am known for that da- the dad jokes guy you know right. when I started meetings at all group meetings I'd start with a few dad jokes and and it'd be a mixture of laughs and a mixture of hisses and boos but people all did it you know knowing that what the purpose of the conversation was about and how we were just trying to bring a little more levity
0: into the situation. That That's so cool. And I love your uh, your your source material, Dumb and Dumber. And Nacho Libre is just <laughs> one of my all-time favorite movies. It's just brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Jack love Black, it, love man. It.
1: you can't go wrong with that uh-uh, We uh-uh. watch it for Christmas every year. So it's funny that now that it's holiday season, we know we'll be watching Nacho Libre
0: at least a few times. It's so good. Um, True. So finally here, Why is laughter good medicine? Well, you know,
1: I'll put on my doctor hat now, and (laughs) and I will say that laughter is literally very good for you overall. It it increases endorphins that make you feel good. It decreases cortisol levels, which are stress hormones. It stimulates circulation. It helps with muscle relaxation. And there's a lot of studies that show long-term, it actually improves your immune system and it makes you happier, you know, so... It little laughter, laughter really is one of the best medicines you can prescribe somebody.
0: That's wonderful. So before we go, where can our listeners get a copy of your book? Where can they go to read the doc-related comic strips?
1: Sure. No, thanks, Daniel. So the book is now available on Amazon, and it's uh, available in Kindle, paperback, and hardback format. Um, if you want to read some of my comics, just go to docrelated.com. So that's doc dash related.com and i've got all of my comics there for people and i have it in categories from emr to provider satisfaction to to uh, business terms so you can get whatever your passion is you can find a little bit of it there
0: perfect well peter this has been good medicine talking to you so thanks so much for joining (laughs) the podcast again
1: hey daniel thanks so much for having me on again it's great chatting with you
0: Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Insights. Thanks to our guest, Peter Valenzuela. Go to doc-related.com to access Peter's healthcare-related comic strip. And you can go to amazon.com and search for Peter Valenzuela to buy a copy of the new book, Doc Related, A Physician's Guide to Fixing Our Ailing Healthcare System. I've also provided a direct link in the show notes of this episode. I also want to thank MineralTree and Metaval for sponsoring this week's show. Mineral Tree is the leading AP and payment automation provider in healthcare, and they'd love to show you why. To learn more, visit MineralTree.com MGMA. If you don't know the outcomes your staff are producing every day, you aren't operating successfully. Medevolve can help you find solutions to the biggest problems medical practices face. Go to medevolve.com to learn more. And before we sign off, I also want to make you aware of another great healthcare podcast out there, RevDive, with Taya Mohizer and Kim Tolliver. Key topics center around revenue cycle management, medical billing, and coding. Go to sliceofhealthcare.com slash revdive to listen to the latest episode where you can hear MGMA's Claire Ernst break down the latest healthcare legislative news on Medicare. If you like MGMA Insights, please rate and review it wherever you get your podcast. If you have topics you'd like us to cover or experts you'd like us to interview, email us at podcasts.com at MGMA.com or you can find me on Twitter at MGMA Daniel. MGMA Insights is presented by Declan McGee, Rob Ketchum and I'm Daniel Williams. Stay safe and thanks for listening.